How are you guys doing today? My name is Vincent. And I'm Francis. And I'm glad you could join us today for some late night chill vibes, the podcast where philosophy, life, and existing as human beings can become a casual discussion. Before we get into this week's episode, we have a few announcements. We are small content creators with big time dreams. We love doing this podcast, we love sharing our thoughts, and most of all, we love you guys. Right now, we're not making any money off of this podcast, and we're okay with that because this is our passion. This is what we want to do. With your help and support, we can see this dream come to fruition. Leaving written reviews on our page, following our social media accounts, and sharing this podcast with friends and family would really help us continue making content and vibing to the highest quality. What we want, what we truly want, is for all of you guys, our listeners, the community, to enjoy our jumbled thoughts and comfortably vibe with puzzling conversations. One last thing, if you ever want to just talk to us or even be on the podcast, please contact us through our social media accounts. We love connecting with you guys and hearing what you have to say. Now, let's get into the episode. Today, we'll be talking about wanting and not wanting. We'll talk about the Buddhist philosophy and its take on desire. We'll talk about ambition and its utility in our advancing world. Then we'll talk about how we should approach life keeping both in mind, to want or not to want. All right, Francis, let's start vibing, shall we? Let's do it. So guys, well, again, welcome to the episode. Um, to Today, we are talking about wants, not wants, like Francis said, but real quick, I just wanted to say, last episode, um, the audio was kind of buggy, I apologize, we had some technical difficulties that I didn't realize until after it was recorded, so, but this time, the audio should sound super clean, pristine, we're ready to run with this episode. So, Francis, <laughs> this Buddhist philosophy, I think, I think we need to set a disclaimer real quick, neither one of us are like know a lot about buddhism i'm i just i'm looking at this desire part as more of a philosophical standpoint from like my background and i guess france what's your disclaimer here (laughs) before we like really yeah yeah so pretty much we're not buddhist like we don't uh know anything about it we've not been to that environment ever uh i think i was I, i went to one temple uh, when I was uh, in grade eight, as a as an as like a field trip to different uh, places of worship, and it was very interesting. I don't remember much about it. Uh, I just remember it being very serene. Ooh. But um, yeah, we know nothing about it. <laughs> and we from what we're from what we read, pretty much is where we're getting most of our conversation points. Yeah. Uh, yes. So like, there's a whole there's a whole thing behind this desire part of philo- of of the buddhist philosophy it's not like we're focusing on buddhism altogether it's more like this one aspect of it so if we do get anything wrong please let us know we have social media as we said in the intro uh do let us know because yes it, there's a there's a there's a chance that we will get some some things wrong or just misinterpreted really oh yeah yeah definitely all right Very let's well let's um so Francis, let's talk about where you got this idea. When we brainstorm this, if you guys check out our brainstorming session after this episode or the next day after you listen to this, um, what is, where did you get this idea? How did this idea come about? And 
how does conversation start basically oh uh i think this conversation started because right before we started planning i was watching uh you know videos on youtube and i came across uh eggs of one a i forgot yeah, what the heck is the, the turtle the turtle thing yeah, if you if you go onto YouTube and search up Depression Turtle, apparently uh his his channel pops up and it's very good. So it's called Exurb 1A and he was talking about so it's uh it's a video called Buddhism is kind of out there, man, comma, man. Uh <laughs> Oh, and I dude. watched that. Wait, hold on. Before you continue, this is the episode you were talking Yo, I didn't yeah. realize he made this. I saw this show up on my for you or my my homepage, and I didn't. Oh, like, bother what? Clicking. Yeah, I saw it. No way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, <laughs> continue. Damn, the internet is listening. <laughs> yeah, for real. Anyways, so I was I was watching that, and I was very in, uh, not incorporated. Oh yeah, I was intrigued. I was intrigued by the the whole philosophy of it and the idea of letting go of desires in order to reach enlightenment and um he goes into it very in depth and the gist of it is that there was four things that the original buddha came up with called the four noble truths pretty much go into the idea of suffering why it happens and how to go about getting rid of suffering by reaching enlightenment probably and so what they what he figured out was by sitting in this tree underneath this tree was that suffering comes from desire because as a human being you want stuff but at the end of the day you'll always want stuff and unless you recognize that you want stuff and get rid of this want then you will never be truly satisfied and that's the whole idea of it i think I, I I'm pretty much I'm pretty sure there's like way more to it than that, but I hope I paraphrased it well enough uh, to do it justice. I hope yeah I hope that's I hope that's good enough. Yeah. If, so yeah. If we got any of that wrong, just refer back to our disclaimer just a few minutes ago. Just maybe a minute ago. <laughs> right. So refer yeah. back to that. So yes. Um, yes. At first glance, for me, just listening to that little thing there, I'd have to agree. Suffering. A lot of suffering can be boiled down to what people desire. If you look at money, if you chase money and desire money and a successful life, that can lead to suffering. And even when you do attain all of that, there is a certain level of suffering that comes with it. There's a lot of like millionaires and billionaires who are unsatisfied with their lives. Yeah. I think uh, is, a, is a statistic that's floating around somewhere, I hope. <laughs> Just no, to- there is just yeah, just to like right fact here. check that here we go in other words it's it's the extremes of either poverty or wealth wealth that are associated with higher suicide rates wow so, interesting there you go yeah so i guess at the lower end then it would be uh well i'm not sure about this but like wanting more than the the small amount that you have and then at the top it's like wanting more than wanting something greater than all that you can attain Mm. which is everything pretty much if you have all of that wealth the only way to be enlightened is to not want and to recognize that wanting is the source of all of these bad feelings i i say we dive into the words the definitions here the the words the desires so it's a good idea I, i guess let's let's go to our own you know personal life francis what is one thing be it love happiness wealth success 
what is one thing your heart desires you know aside from all like the 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 basics i guess like the personal stuff like you know wanting to be in a good relationship with somebody one day you know uh having a good job that is a good salary so i'm comfortable you know that's that's in the back of my mind i have stress over that all the time i guess but same uh a little a little thing that caught my you know it was it was a blip on my desire radar recently was uh wanting a smartwatch <laughs> and i was just very intrigued by the idea of having something on your wrist that can do a lot of things maybe it was because uh my buddy got one recently and that kind of you know wormed its way into my mind and <laughs> and like got me thinking about it enough to like go research some pretty nice watches out there yeah uh the idea was that my my phone is pretty bulky um i got a big i got a really i got a nice phone it's the one plus seven pro which has like the camera that can come in and out of the you know the phone body which is kind of interesting but uh i have that it's pretty bulky and i run often i wanted something originally so that it could connect to my earbuds so it was light and i could just run with it um and not have to have my phone with me and the original want there was to have music while i was running and you know you don't need that necessarily like you can do without it but i wanted it so i brought my phone with me and then the next want was not having a phone with me so (laughs) i wanted something smaller and then it went into this whole like you know i've spent probably more than two hours like looking at stuff on the web about this and uh that's uh that you know that was my next want i guess and it's interesting like i know like a bunch of features that are important to people now like you know the best stuff out there how much they'd cost and uh it's an endless cycle man it's vicious yeah i will say i my brother was fighting you know to try to get an apple watch like he was trying to convince everyone that you know he should get an apple watch um he got the apple watch sse i think and at first i'll say i'll say this if my brother's listening to this he'll know that (laughs) he kind of won this little argument but he wanted it because like it was easier instead of the phone and then i was kind of like well you're you know that's kind of the middleman the apple watch and all that stuff is the middleman and you're kind of you know it's in a way it's a little bit useless if you're just going to use it you know to text people and you know check check the time and all that stuff you have all that with your phone and basically you're buying a middleman for 400 bucks or whatever it was exactly yeah okay. and then the other day i was it was my high school's grad um, not my grad class, but like, you know, cause I'm already graduated, but I wanted to, you know, look nice. So I, I put some dark jeans on a black shirt, a red blazer, put my ring on. And then I was like, yo, Nigel, let me use your watch for the day. So, cause you have an <laughs> watch now. so I used it. Right. And oh my God, dude, it's so nice. Like, um, you, you can check the time with it so easily that it just looks super nice. And there's like these it, there's these little things too when it buzzes it sends like a shock to you i think that it, i think it's a subconscious thing but that buzz is so like comforting in a way it's like oh my god something's happening but yeah um i want an apple watch now <laughs> so that's yeah that's the start there <laughs> there you go there you go it's like endless yeah oh, i know it is it is but i didn't want it so um yeah i i i think that's one of my current desires right now so uh, there's a chance later this week that I'm going to run over to Staples and buy a watch. There's there's a slight chance. <laughs> there's, there's a, a slight chance. chance. Uh, very nice. 
And that's cool. It's like that idea of desire, it just goes beyond that too. I think, you know, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here, but like the uh, idea of desire doesn't even have to be just things. It can be like an idea that you want to be feeling. Like in my in my meditation exercises, it's uh, it's like not things, but thoughts. Sometimes there's thoughts that you want more of and there's thoughts that you want to want to ignore. And that's a, that's a kind of wanting as well. The, the want to not have to deal with something. You know, that's another kind of want, right? So it's like, you know, your want can be towards things, but also like it can be towards intangibles, like wanting to think about uh, a moment in history where you felt really nice, where you should be doing something else. And it just takes up your mental capacity or something like that. To answer like my question from a, a little bit ago, I, I want to say that my desires are similar to, you know, other than job, a, a good job, a healthy relationship with, with someone, a family maybe, a good house, all that stuff. But all of that kind of just feeds into that same kind of desire. But also other than that, um, this is kind of a deeper one as well. I have a desire to just feel some kind of fulfillment, whatever that may be, whether it's like, you know, doing something that I love for my whole life or maybe a family. It all leads to the same desire that can lead to to failure, you know? And mm-hmm. I think that's, that is the, the problem with having desires. Yeah, that word desire... So is do you do you think there's a difference between desire and wanting someone something something sorry desire and want would you say there's a difference I don't think there's a difference because I can look at it in terms of you know maybe wanting something could be perceived as you know the things that you need but obviously everybody you know when you're young uh people tell you about that distinction maybe you want like a toy or something and then your parents are asking you like but do you really need this thing and (laughs) you know you kind of like okay fine (laughs) Uh, but but then that's true that's like that's a big distinction and i think uh, a lot of things that you want you don't necessarily need because you know if it's a you know if it's a better job if it's a big house um maybe a nice family is a is a nice thing to have but i think in my in my opinion and we can talk about this later it comes after uh, understanding all of this stuff about desire and you only get a really nice family once you know that you don't need one. If that makes oh, sense. Oh, wait a second. That was kind of like an inside out kind of thing. Yeah, because I feel like, I feel like, okay, we'll talk about it a little bit more. Maybe, do you want to talk about it now? Mm, it. I mean, we can, but like, I'm just thinking about it. That's all. Okay, okay. Um. Yeah, but so so what I'm getting at is that the difference between wanting something and desires is not the same. Mm-hmm. But I mean sorry, it is the same. Wanting okay. something and desire is the same. But uh there's definitely things that people need. And those things I think like food and shelter and stuff like that, they should be naturally provided as a right. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And so they shouldn't be have they they sh- people shouldn't have to worry about that stuff is what I'm saying. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. I think there is a difference between want and desire. Um, when you want something, I'm sure that you can find a way to not want it. So in this Apple Watch or this smartwatch case, 
I'd I'd call it more of a want than a desire because maybe in a month from now I don't really want it, but with a desire, desire just is basically the same thing as a want, but it's a more heavier. It burns, it burns brighter in your heart and mind when you there's a desire for something, right? I feel like if you have this desire to, um, I don't know. Let's go with university. If you have this desire to graduate university versus I want to graduate university. I think there's a difference there. It, are, do you disagree with that? I'd say for maybe for different people, there isn't much of a difference because there there are those, you know, type A personalities who really go for something once they once they decide that they want it. In that case, maybe in in that moment it turns into a desire, but well, it starts off as a want, but maybe it's about how it transitions into a desire, like if that's easier for some people or or others. That's what I'm saying. I think that's mm. I think that's the thing. Like, if it's if you want it for a while and it's burning in your heart, and this is something that you really really want, then you desire for it. If there's a girl, maybe, and you want to be with this girl, and then you know maybe you separated for a bit, or maybe you have been together for a while. Um, then there, there can be a transition from this want to be with her to this desire to be with her forever. You know, there's a de- there's that desire. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think there's a difference. That's all. I feel like there is. There should be, I think. Maybe give an example of a want. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, you said one. Like university. Yeah. Maybe somebody would want to graduate and then some somebody would desire to graduate. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think I think that is uh, I think that is valid. Like it's just a stronger word. Just in the connotation is there that you're going to get it no matter what. So okay, so um, before I, I want to move on to this to this philosophy part, but before I do, do we both agree on that to some extent? That want and desire is different. I yeah. think so, but I'll okay. say I'll say that um, I think from the Buddhist standpoint they are the same. Because small small wants, even a want, even a small want leads to suffering in some way, shape, or form eventually. Like down the line, this small thing is going to kind of boulder, like snowball into something greater. Yeah. And even that's, if it's small. That's it's what small I wanted suffering. to get into. Yeah, that's exactly okay. what I wanted to get into. And I think that, here's what I believe. I think that for this desire to not, desire for anything helps reach enlightenment is because desiring something can lead it can be blinding in a sense it can be very blinding you know if you think of a love story if you desire for this person despite everything that's going against it like maybe you love this person you desire for this person but this person is a druggie she you know she doesn't have the same beliefs as you she, you know, abuses drugs she had. She doesn't have the same outlook, worldview and all that stuff. But that desire is so blinding that you just have to be with this person. I think that is the issue with that. However, the want can be changed is where I'm coming from. If you want to be with someone that can, you know, someone else can convince you otherwise. And you can also convince yourself. But when you desire for something, that's harder to get out of, I think. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
then there's like that connotation again where it's just like what it, what is stronger mm-hmm. at its core though it's that you yeah at its core i don't even think it's the fact that there's a desire or a want i think there's just your you want change you want okay i'll just see it. you want change right you, you don't like how things are at, at its present and you want change and to go against that and the whole idea of i think being mindful and like meditating is that you are satisfied with how everything is in the moment and therefore you don't want anything so then you're satisfied and i guess enlightened for the moment because at that time not everything is cool and uh happiness is able to form because you don't want anything to change everything's cool like I finished, I finished the book actually that I was reading. Yeah. So like at the end, he's saying like kind of the, uh, the realizations of, you know, the framework that he laid out through the book is that there's uh there's four stages to you achieving or, or doing things. There's like, Oh, I'm such a bad student of this book. <laughs> right now. It's like, Oh, fuck. oh man. Okay. Atomic habits by James clear. What are the four things? The four things. Oh, well, it's three. Oh, my God. Oh, okay. No, no, no. It's the four stages of habit. Q, right? Because you see something and you realize, okay, that makes me want to do something. Q, craving, which is you wanting that thing because it's like attractive to you. Response, uh, like how you go about doing that thing. Um, if If it's easy or hard that's a big thing about response like if it's easy you'll you're more likely to do it if it's hard you're more likely to stop doing it and then reward if the thing uh, ended up satisfying whatever it is you wanted in the first place so then out of this uh he says that to be happy none of these things are necessary because in the moment you don't want in the moment there are no cues or there are no cravings, which means that you don't want anything to change. And that is happiness or, you oh, know, something shit. like that. Maybe okay. I'm doing, maybe, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but like, I think no, that was one of the things here. No, I, I want to go into that word satisfaction right now, because later on in this episode, I feel like we're going to talk about, you know, satisfaction um, pretty heavily. But this, for me, which is there a difference between satisfaction and contentment? Because I think there is. You're going to have to explain it because I, I still think those are the same. Oh, okay. I, mean, I think okay. those are the same, yeah. Okay, here's how I see satisfaction. It's when you do something or you go through whatever it is and you feel satisfied. You feel that what you whatever it was was good. It was the best to your abilities. And in this case, when you're satisfied with something, um, you're happy with it. But when you're content, I think it's a lower level of satisfaction where when you're content with something, then you know what this is. It reminds me of the episode that we did. What, what episode is that? Um, good oh, enough. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I think yeah. shrugging, like s- saying, you know, I did my best. I did good enough. And you shrug it off with a smile. I feel like that's satisfaction. But the other way around is contentment because, you know, you could have done something better. In oh, a okay. sense, I feel like there's a there's a difference there. Um, and this guy, this book, Atomic Habits, I think that's what it's called, right? <laughs> You've said this yeah. so many times. Yeah. Um, 
I think that not having any cues and not well, cravings, I feel like that's more of contentment than satisfaction. Because if you look at your end of end of your life, would you rather be satisfied or content? I think that's the best way you can explain this. At the end of your life, you're in your deathbed. Would you rather say you're content or you're satisfied? I'd rather say I'm satisfied. Okay, I'll yeah. give you that. I'd rather yeah. say I'm satisfied. Yeah, so I, there's a difference there. I just can't really pinpoint what the difference is. But it just contentment is a lower level of satisfaction. Okay, yes. I think that's true. Yeah, well, that's that's yeah. I, I found the I found the little uh, I'll say like the little uh, quote from the book here happiness it arrives when you have no urge to feel differently happiness is the state you enter when you no longer want to change your state but then I, then I will say that he goes into how happiness is fleeting okay and I think this is a good transition into our other the the whole other side of this conversation so. He says, however, happiness is fleeting because a new desire always comes along. Mm. As Cade Budris says, happiness is the space between one desire being fulfilled and a new desire forming. Likewise. Wait, wait, can you say that again? So he says, well, not he says, but uh, he's quoting Cade Budris. I hope I pronounced that right. He says, happiness is the space between one desire being fulfilled and a new desire forming. So it's okay. in, in between when you do something and when your next one is coming. Yeah. So, and then he says, likewise, suffering is the space between craving a change in state and getting it. Satisfaction is the in-between? Is that what you So he said, likewise, suffering is the space in between craving a change in state. So yeah, craving a change and getting it and being rewarded. That's suffering? Yeah. I think that's true because, you know, you see something and you want it. And between the time you see something and want it to you getting that thing, you're always in your mind about how I'm going to get that thing, right? And it's just, it's just like excruciating right? sometimes. Okay. But at its lowest level, maybe like you want an apple, you know, the apple's in the kitchen, you know, you just walk over there and you get it. But I think back to our other conversation, like even that, is a little bit of suffering because you you're in this state where you're not getting what you want until you get it. Um, yeah, that's what he's saying. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's why I think in this Buddhist philosophy, they use the word desire instead of want. So before we go into that, let's take a quick break. Let the sponsors say what they have to say. What do you think? Yes. All right. We'll be back right after this. So we are back from the break, and during the during the break, Vincent like quickly brought up the fact that there's no Apple Watch fives available in his area or something like that. No, like on and the so, Apple Store too. Like if you look at the Apple Store, oh, it's not in there. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah they do it on purpose. Fucking phasing jerks, it man. out. Yeah, they are. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, and then I aptly pointed out that this is suffering right here. Yes. And then we both laughed. We we both had our laugh. And then we got into the fact that, you know, in this world of like fast shipping, everything going quicker because of technology, there is just zero time for us to feel suffering at all. You take that, uh, do you think that, do you take that as a good thing or a bad thing? Because on the one hand, you don't feel as much like, 
obviously going off of the definition that we said previously in this book, which is that suffering happens in between craving something and actually having it be satisfied. In this world, everything comes so fast that that interval of suffering is so little. But I think there's a problem there that because that interval of suffering is so little, we can enter the craving state at a much higher rate. Mm-hmm. Like there's no in between where we can be happy for a little bit and take some time to ourselves uh, to really be satisfied by everything and then just ease into the next craving uh, to go through suffering and then, you know, eventually come out of it. But this technology allows us to go into those cycles so fast. So after you become satisfied, you want to be unsatisfied right away. Like, do you agree with that? Do you think that's a problem? I I do. I definitely I agree with that, but um, the only problem with that is the only there's like no reasonable answer to this to how you can solve that because if you want to solve all of that, technology is the biggest problem, internet's a big problem, social media is a big problem, and if we like go all the way back to when texting and you know getting a response that fast doesn't exist then there's a certain level of suffering all the way back then too and i'd argue there's more suffering back then than there is now because you know that lack of communication but okay so okay what i'm trying to say is yes i agree it is a problem but the the solution to it there's no plausible solution other than said this before is creating a new problem to solve and i don't know if we can just pick a solution and run with it right now but I do agree it is a problem. I think part of the solution also is just recognizing it. I think that's a good start. Good and start, yeah. I think I think going going to like what I read is that in this framework it's very clear to me why this is happening because the cues are so apparent and they're so visually appealing mm. and they're so easy to fall into to fall into this cycle of trying to get your fix for the next satisfying like reward, right? And so, you know, maybe part of the answer is getting rid of the cues which, you know, cause you to go and try and find a reward, getting rid of those cues. But, you know, in the world of technology, that's pretty much impossible with yeah, advertising. Yeah, it really is impossible. Like, like all of that stuff, it's just... uh a machine but if you work hard enough at that i think that's where our new period of change to to kind of recontrol our lives and combat this stuff is is where it's at where you control your cues because you can you can turn off notifications you can like do all of that stuff in buddhism is before i said it's this is what i said before the break is in buddhism they use the word desire more than the word want. And I think that's a intentional difference there that they used because you can want something. And I feel like when you're enlightened, you can still want something. It's just the response and the reward reward system that you said, the four, the four things, the responses and the award system is what's really going to set the tone. You can, you know, you can have these cues and you can crave for these things. And those, that's as far as it goes for for a lot of things and if you're enlightened i feel like that's as far as it goes but beyond that i think that's when desire can really take its hold on someone and so i think that you can want something 
but for to reach enlightenment you have to know how to stop it there and recognize when it can become when this turns into a desire that's that can lead to a, a lot of suffering or a want that can lead to suffering really that's the thing like with our minds it's so easy to think about the things that we desire and that's why it's so easy to get into the habit of always trying to think about those things and not letting them go and so that's why it's so easy for us to get trapped in our desires are are those big wants that we have well the desires that we have and yeah i don't i agree that there's no real way to fix that unless you really realize and put effort into understanding that even though it's easy to think about the things that you really desire that may be unhealthy for you that after that in the stage that comes after the stage that comes after response which is thinking about the thing very easily reward it's reward right exactly so you have to tell yourself that you won't get any reward out of the things that you're doing yeah oh damn for for some people that's hard to realize like you know you'll sit down with them and you'll explain that there's nothing that comes out of this and you know people usually agree and they understand that maybe they have an addiction or something like that uh that it's 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 debilitating debilitating to them but maybe steps aren't taken and i love the fact that the book goes into the fact that it's 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 about the systems that you employ to try and accomplish the things that you want to accomplish because at the end of the at the end of the tunnel there's the rewards and people say that okay you're not going to get any reward out of going through your addiction but the system that um allows them to try and get to the reward and fulfill their addiction isn't thought through and that should be prioritized so the cue the craving and the response like the cue getting rid of this addiction wherever you are so that you don't see it ever and maybe anything that's associated any thoughts that are associated with it getting rid of all that stuff you need that uh you know step one to your system being improved craving making sure that maybe uh it's not attractive like maybe wherever you are you're you're showing that the the addiction um really messing with you somehow and maybe you'll you'll go into your uh you'll go out of your way to maybe make some negative reinforcement when you go and go through and try and uh acquire the addiction maybe zapping yourself whenever you get the thought or i don't know something like that and the response which is making that thing very very hard to accomplish so maybe putting a safe and having to solve a math problem uh (laughs) before you get to the smokes inside if that's if that's your thing you know something like that like the systems have to be improved and all that i forgot we were talking about to be honest bro well (laughs) all of all of that though with all of that i feel like there is a certain level of suffering throughout that whole process and so what I propose, and this is the word I used um, when we brainstormed, is ignorance. And I think for there to you know, destroy all these desires that you don't really want, but they're just a desire that's burning in your heart, to get rid of those desires and you know, have these plain wants that just simply make sense, these wants that lead, that are connected to your needs, like you said, you know, uh, shelter, 
food, water, all that stuff. Those wants that's connected to your needs, those are fine because those are good wants. Those are healthy right. wants. But yes. these desires and other wants that you know can burn, ignorance is probably the best way to kind of solve that. And that's what I propose. There has to be a certain level of ignorance involved for to reach this state of never desiring anything because you're ignorant of the fact that it exists or that it's there or that it can happen. I, mm. I remember when we talked about this, I feel like, I don't know if you ended up, we'd agreed on this topic. Um, so I'm going to ask you, do you, do you agree with that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Okay. That's, so that's the thing. Like, I think there are noble desires and that's, I think what, uh, Buddhism like kind of goes against that all desires are bad. Maybe. Mm. Like I'm not too sure about that, but I, f- I feel like that is uh, at the core of the thing that desires are I bad. I think noble desires is the right word. Yeah. Noble nor noble wants maybe. Yeah. They're against uh noble wants because uh any want is probably a bad thing in in that philosophy, I think. Yeah. Uh, but I <laughs> think that there's <laughs> yeah, but I think there there are noble wants maybe for people to live longer lives, I think is a good want because it gives them more of a probability of improving the lives of other people. And then that improves the ability for humans to do good things. And then, you know, the list goes on and I think life is important. And so that is, uh, that is why I think noble desires are out there. So I think that's true that you know there are things out there that we should want and so I, and i also agree with the fact that ignorance is an important part of getting rid of the thing because this whole thing says that cue your cue is what begins the whole process of you wanting something and uh going through this whole suffer process to attain that thing that you want and if you don't know about it and if the cue is not there then you will never undertake this whole thing and that's why in the book, he actually talks about how your entire environment sometimes has to change in order for you to have no associations with that thing that you're addicted to. So you can start from scratch and start from a place of ignorance of not knowing uh, that there is the possibility of you going into this suffering loop and so you don't ever enter it. And the example in the book was that, you know, there's war heroes that go into the asian countries and you know partake in war activities i guess and uh you know to relieve their stress they got into opium and you know they were addicted to it over there in the other places but once they came back some of the it was widely known that people would quit like within a week or two Mm -hmm. because they were in the different environments with a supportive support a uh, support system their families there in a totally new place where there were not there was nothing there were no friends there that would partake in the opium smoking with them and uh you know kind of egg them on and there were no associations that would re- would remind them that they wanted to partake in opium because it was a totally different environment from war and so you know sometimes I, I totally agree. Like if you're ignorant to the fact that you can even partake in these activities, then they won't even happen to begin with. Mm-hmm. So yes. that is a, that. Yeah, definitely. That's a solution. 
not sure how that would work though since you know well i think i think there's an answer there you used the word already the solution would be the environment you'd have to be Woo! in an environment yeah that was that was very clean that you what you did there you didn't even realize uh, what, what you, you did, did there. there what you did there <laughs> i didn't i wasn't even thinking about that to be honest oh my goodness well um yeah it it's the environment that you'd have to be in in order to be ignorant of those things for example if you go i don't know let's say you go to a buddhist like a monk what's the place monk, monastery uh, mon- yes a monastery there's no internet I assume I, this is, you know, this could be very stereotypical. Like I feel like <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I, I don't, I don't want, I want everyone to know I'm this, I'm just basing this off of anyways. I don't want to okay. Anyways, let's just, there's an assumption. I'm just going to make the assumption that there's no internet. You know, you don't, there's, there's no real connection to the outside world really. And if that assumption is true, let's say that it is that environment you wouldn't have known that the PlayStation 5 existed. You wouldn't know that the new Apple Watch is coming out or the new iPhone is just out of this world new or you know some kind of scientific thing that came out that could change everything, really. If you didn't know about all of that and you're ignorant to that, because of your environment, those desires and wants are kind of you know thrown out the window because of the environment that you're in. So really, the only way to be ignorant of those things is to be in the right environment and you know your story with these soldiers and opium is the perfect example of that Mm. i think there is okay do you think do you think that with the human capacity to change your environment you are able to be in the same geographical area that you are at and still be able to be ignorant of the things that you need to be ignorant of yeah definitely it just It'd be a lot more work, I feel like, you know, because we're the Western society that we live in is capitalism. And, you know, all they want is that you as a citizen of Canada or or a citizen in North America, you are a product and people are buying for your attention. And so it's going to be a lot harder for you to be ignorant in this setting, in this environment. So, yes, you can do it. I just feel like it's a lot more work. So why do it here? if you could do it somewhere else, you know, Ah, well said, well said. Do you, do you think it's, it's possible? I think it's possible. I just think it's improbable. Ah, yes. Very nice. Very Mm -hmm. well said again. Uh, (laughs) yeah, that's, you know, that's why you have to partake in meditation. Like I think, you know, not, not only it's not to me, uh, like a luck. What what am I trying to say here? It's not like an alternative. It's like, Mm. it's like necessary, you know, it's like the, uh, because you need to feel like you don't need anything for a period of time to practice that Mm -hmm. and in our world it's like so fast and so fast paced because people feel like they're always in need of something and i think the perfect example of this is that that you know youtube video like rat race i think it is uh where it's like you know we as people are a metaphor for a bunch of rats trying to get the get our next fix of something and that's why we we have our jobs uh, so we have everything and we don't stop and really understand that all of our needs are currently met but at the same time our whole system depends on the fact that we spend money and we go for the newest things and we go for the best things to make our lives perceivable or like you know objectively better 
in order for our economy to like churn and and work so you know there's that balance there and here's the next point like ambition there is there is definitely value to being ambitious and wanting something because you are trying to objectively improve the lives of people by giving them the things they need within the within the structure of the society that they're in so i guess we're in a place where we need to travel around because uh we live in places that are far from where we work so you know we've we've solved those we solved those problems by cars and automobiles and the people who were ambitious enough to try and figure out how to get us farther and faster came up with this automobile this great piece of technology that solved the problem for a lot of people and you know that's that's a great thing i think that's an objectively great thing because we're using our brains and we're being we're being very cool human beings and eventually that's going to bring us to higher and higher heights and i think in that sense ambition has its value because if you're always satisfied where does the innovation lie okay i want to pose this question and then go into a break but would you say that ambition for all of humankind is good but individuals should try to seek satisfaction because individually i think i think that's the thing i think if the whole world is ambitious then you know we can lead we can do a whole great things but individually satisfaction is better wow that is that is crazy that's like mantra type shit right there like (laughs) So I'm saying, so you're saying individual satisfaction and global ambition. Yes, is the two things. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Whoa. So let's take a break. Let the sponsors say what they have to say. What do you think, Francis? A great idea. All right, we'll be back right after this. And we are back. So I, want, I brought up this idea that the whole world being ambitious and you know, from individuals to individual, you, you gotta strive for a satisfaction. And then within this break, Francis, you said that in your work life, your career, outside your personal life, ambition is good, but personal life satisfaction is what you should strive for. That's that's kind of the gist of what you said, right? Yeah, I think that's that's a useful way to live your life. And but the thing is, like. Yeah, see, yeah. Like, my, my is brain a, is like is. contradiction, like, <laughs> yeah. haven. Uh, you know, what about that thing where it's like, if you love what you do, you don't work a day in your life. So then, you know, you, you, you try and mix the, mix your entire life and have it, this big holistic kind of bubble of good feelings that you're proud of. Then you can't really do that because it's contradictory and it just tears you apart, probably. Yeah, there's somehow. Mm- has to be a balance. I don't see that yeah. there can be one though. Yeah. Somehow you have to be consistent with both of these ideas. I don't think you can be satisfied in one like bubble of your life and then be ambitious in the other bubble. I think those those worlds will collide. I mean, without you even realizing it, the worlds will collide to some to some degree. Maybe they're not like physically but mentally and in your psyche for sure yeah i think those are the toughest times 
but I'll, I'll say that there's like a pattern to this. I think going off of that thing, that passage, as passage I just read, there's a temporal constraint, which we can kind of stick to, which is that, uh, there's always going to be a time in between when you're trying to get something. And that is the time where you can be satisfied. And whether that's around people that you are fond of, whether that's by yourself, maybe that's when you have to recognize the satisfaction and just be in it. I think what Paige said last podcast about all those good feelings that came from theater. That's something that I wish like this is hundred percent uh, what I was feeling in those days when I was in theater. I was thinking about so many things like uh, in high school, I was, you know, I was under a lot of pressure to get good grades and I succeeded in those actions, but in sections where I should have just been present and being in between my next study session or in between my next homework rush, I should have been satisfied, especially in theater with the people I was with, what I was doing, the recognition that I was receiving and just taking that all in rather than having my mind in two places. And that's huge. Like if, if I knew about that in high school, I would have had such a good experience (laughs) but nah so like this is a huge this is a huge thing that that i think everybody should know about like you have time uh don't always think that you're under pressure to satisfy something that is not there Mm. right i think it comes to a point when um in like everybody's life when there there is there has been so much of this cue and they've been in this, this, you know, cycle for the majority of the time that they are aware of that. They think they're always in this time. They're always in this suffering because, uh, you know, there's always something that they have to do. And so they don't recognize when you're in, you're actually in between that time. You're all good. Like you've attained your award and you're just in between when you're going to do the next thing. But since, you know, you've always been in this state of suffering, you think that, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I haven't gotten my reward yet. Maybe there, I still have to do something. And like, that's why I have to be on edge right now. And just realizing that you got to calm down and uh, take a breath and relax and realize that you're, you should be satisfied at this very moment man like that is that is something i wish everybody knew i love that and i want to add on to that and say that if you you know you're living in this moment right now but if you can take a step back and be in the moment and not just live in it but to be in it the more you can do that the more satisfied you'll be even in those times when you feel like you're in suffering if you can just take that moment and recognize what's happening there's that breath there of relief that can just really push someone forward. And I think that's important. Damn straight. Damn straight. Damn straight. Well, okay then. What else else do we got to get into here? Because I don't... I don't know. I don't know. Oh, oh, oh. We're already in Act 3. It's question time, baby. Yes, yes. I have one. I have one. And this goes all the way back to like our our first episodes about um, what is the best way to be and you know we came up with this idea of our true self and i'm thinking uh i was thinking before this when we were planning it does not wanting 
and just being satisfied help you find your true self? Vincent. You said you had an answer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I, I did have an answer when we brainstormed this, but yeah, from what we talked about today, my answer is a little bit more wish, wishy-washy. Um, does not wanting help you find your true self? Yeah. It's crazy, right? This is okay. Okay, I'll I'll give some pretext to this. Uh, in in this uh, section of the meditation course I'm taking, which is like uh, Headspace three six five. Uh, for any Headspace users out there, it's like you know the one where you just go a year of lessons. And it's pretty intense, but not really. It's not really intense. You just show up every day. But anyways, um, I'm in the section where they talk about the mind and how this meditation goes. Is you know you do your breathing exercise, you kind of get in your body and you like you know you're you're in it and then you have to drop in a question and then let that question let the questions feelings wash over you where you don't react to them you just see what happens and you kind of live it and don't don't associate with any of the intellectual thoughts but instead you just kind of relate and understand try and understand just the just the feeling and the i don't know it's not intellectual it's the other thing it's just like within yourself it's a feeling of it so what i what i was the biggest thing the 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 question that i came up with was what do you want and that question is crazy hard to try and find peace from by the end of the session because like usually you know when it's an easy question like uh well, I wouldn't say easy questions. They're all pretty hard when, when they're these kinds of questions. But like a question that I was able to get over and just have peace by the end of the session was like, um, what would you or how would you feel if you knew with 100% certainty that today was your last day? That was one of the questions. And it's like a hard one, right? It's a really hard one. I was able to like kind of figure my way around it and just find peace by the end of it. But this one, what do you want? This simple question always has me th- like my mind going at a hundred um by the end of the session and i'm just not at peace and i think you know it's one that i just still have to still have to work at but i think this this question that i asked you where is uh, does not wanting help you find your true self i think this is where this is where i found it hard to understand the answer as well because in meditation where you're not supposed to want something and asking yourself, what the hell do you even want? And that is like, you're kind of your true self. Like, what do you want? What is your, what is your drive? You know, it's like contradictory and it's hard to figure out how to even solve this mental acrobatics. So what do you think? Oh my God. Yo, this is, okay, I'm not gonna lie. This is hands down the hardest question in any of our act threes. In my opinion, I... I I'm actually stunned by this question because on one hand, I want to say no, because you know, when, when you want something, you can better understand you and you know what you want. And you know, if you dive deeper into it, you, I'm sure you can find more of it. But if you, if I also want to say yes, because when there's that piece there that can definitely help you find your true self. So both I feel like both answers are correct in some sort of way, although they're complete opposites. 
If I had to pick one, though, okay, my head says no, but my heart says yes. I don't know how that helps. Mm. That's that's my that's like the only way I can look at this. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, and like the thing is, I've always, I've always been the one who listened to my head more than my heart. But in this case, oh, I almost changed it there. No, no, no. I, I'm gonna listen to my head here. My answer is no. My answer is no. <laughs> I, I always, I always listen to my heart. There, my answer is no. I feel like, That's I feel so like, funny. I feel like there's more, there's more to learn about yourself when you have a sort of ambition to your step, to every, to your stride. I feel like there's more to find about your true self, but you'd have to, of course, you need some moment to like. You, you need a moment to yourself and within those moments you can almost in a way reflect that's why i find meditation helpful for me is those are the moments where i'm able to reflect on all those things and that's when it helps me boost to try to figure out my true self um those times of thought and emptiness definitely helps when there's no more wants but all in all in the bigger picture if you had to pick one i'd say no does not wanting help you find your true self i'd say no interesting i think i say yes and i say yes because it's a matter of the underlying circuitry in that sense i feel like humans are all the same it's just there are experiences that set us apart and maybe you know you know like our 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 bodies we're all different but in order for you to make the most out of what you are i think there is there is an element of satisfaction which you have to program into you in order for you to most effectively go out and develop what you were made for if that makes any sense at all in order for you to go out there and know and not be swayed by wanting or you know things that aren't fully you because of some notions or ideas of society or whatever uh and going out there just purely you you have to be satisfied in order for you to find your fit in the world okay so it's more like internal programming that allows you to optimize your own abilities for the world which you cannot do if you're swayed by wants and desires okay yep yeah you convinced me that's the one i agree <laughs> i agree <gasps> all right i well, i agree I, I feel like and in my own answer there i in my own answer i said like i take i do meditation to find that you know that's that time to breathe that space in the day where I can just do all of that. And from there, it's like almost like a boost to find my true self. And I kind of just answered that question without even realizing it. So does not wanting help you find a true self? Yeah, I think you're right. I'd have to yeah, agree. Man. My answer is yes. The world is hard. It's a hard freaking place, man. But I, like, I will say though, that not want wanting something, it, it does, it helps. It does help you try try to find your true self. I just think that it's more effective when you can find spaces 
in your life when you're satisfied and that helps you find your true self even more well i'll say that we encourage you to think about this as well you listeners out there oh yeah 100 percent. and i'm about to throw you for a loop here because in oh my god in the buddhist philosophy you actually have to deny this whole idea of the self altogether yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and that's how it's part of like the way you reach enlightenment yeah that's that's (laughs) also part of it too like i don't i don't fully agree with it although i do somewhat believe in it i hope that's true though (laughs) still with still with the uh (laughs) disclaimer reference to the beginning of the episode yes oh man okay we talked about a lot of things today this is one of the this is one of those thinkers that this is one of those episodes that has has me uh just like sitting down for a while afterwards probably <laughs> most likely i'm saying this now because i know it's, it's i know it's true i know i'm gonna think about this one for a while uh so we talked about wanting and not wanting this whole thing kind of stemmed from my interest and intrigue of the buddhist the buddhist philosophy where it's like the whole what the hell is the word i am i've lost words all the time now i don't know what's going on uh the whole reason that suffering exists is because we desire things or anything. We desire things as human beings. And so we were talking about this entire episode, whether or not desire is a good thing or is it a bad thing. And we talked about how on the opposite side of not desiring anything and reaching enlightenment, which is what the Buddhists have as their goal. Uh, the opposite of that is ambition, which is wanting things for the betterment of humanity and why that is why wanting things and desiring things is is pretty noble um we talked about how in our lives there is a time there are times when we're always trying to get things we're trying to we're trying to forward ourselves in our careers in our relationships in our uh happiness and in the word happiness there is contradiction because happiness according to james clear in his book 10 habits or what am i saying in atomic habits in atomic habits um happiness is when you don't desire anything and then we talked about that and how we want to have this balance in our lives where we don't want to want things to be satisfied but also to want things to forward ourselves and finally we talked about one question which was um, going back to what we talked about all the way at the beginning of the podcast, which was about, you know, your true self and trying to always find that to be a better person. And the question was, does not wanting, not having any desires help you find your true self? And we talked about that and we encourage you to think about that question yourselves. So yes, big podcast episode. Big podcast episode, yes. Woo! Jesus. <laughs> All right, so yes, we like Fran said, we encourage you guys to think. We have our social medias. Do go check them out. We have a link tree if you guys want to listen to this, to the brainstorming session, to this episode, which I will say is quite different than how we expected the episode was going to turn out. Um, we dove into things that I didn't think we would get into. Uh, we glossed over some other things that I thought we were going to have heavier conversations about, for example, environment. And... Um, yes, so please dig go check that out if you're really interested in how these two minds kind of make an episode. Um, 
yeah oh. if, we, if we said anything wrong please go let us know because if we said anything wrong, we want to know that we said something wrong otherwise we'll continue on saying that wrong thing unless informed otherwise so thank you guys so much for listening and vibing with us on late night chill vibes i'm your host vincent and i'm francis thank you so much for listening we'll see you guys all next week we love you all we love you all <laughs>